Hello beautiful people, I'm Jessie Galvin and this is the Open Heart Rebellion. A place where we explore how to live and love more fully by learning to embrace all parts of ourselves. Now today's episode is on a topic that I'm sure we're going to be revisiting time and time again because it's massive and really fundamental for our healing and that's the subject of trauma. So I sit down with Laura Patricia Martin who's the founder of Healing to Happy and a trauma specialist. She's known for her unique approach to healing the nervous system for health, wealth, and relationships. In this episode, I really wanted us to take a deep dive into trauma to bring some understanding and a framework, a baseline for us as we move into further episodes. So we chat through the difference between big T and little t trauma, how understanding this can help us to break away from the feelings of hierarchy or shame around the little t trauma that we experience, Often there can be this narrative that if the trauma you've experienced isn't as severe, then it's not as worthy of healing. So Laura really helps to break the shame around that in this episode. She sheds some awesome insights on the difference between self-sabotage and self-protection and how understanding your body's response to trauma can be liberating for your healing. We also get a sneak peek into her new venture of trauma-informed business coaching, and how this new approach is helping to rewrite the narratives of marketing within the coaching industry. So I do want to highlight that there are a couple of trigger warnings in this episode, which I've listed down in the show notes. So a little bit about Laura. After battling her way through loss, eating disorders, addiction, domestic violence, and toxic relationship patterns, she found herself desiring a massive shift in her life and knew there had to be something more than these self-sabotaging ways she was experiencing. She dove into nutrition in 2016, but that didn't resolve the health issues. So she followed up by specializing in gut health. She then found her way into specializing in trauma, which is where she found full symptom remission. Laura's gone on to help hundreds of women around the globe heal their minds and bodies using methods that focus on nervous system regulation, heart-centered leadership, and feminine energetics. Now studies in trauma are rapidly evolving. And understanding this has been fundamental and really life-changing for my own personal journey. So it's a real joy to bring this conversation out into the Open Heart Rebellion for reflection. So if you're enjoying the Open Heart Rebellion podcast, if you're enjoying the content and the conversations, why not share it with someone who might benefit from hearing this and hasn't yet joined us? You can always take a screenshot and tag me at jesse underscore galvin, J-E-S-S-I underscore G-A-L-V-I-N. Let me know what's landing, what's shifting for you, any takeaways. Send me a screenshot because I absolutely love to hear and to see you engaging with the Open Heart Rebellion. So this is obviously a free resource and reviews really help people to find us organically and to find the message and the conversations we're having. So if you can also head over to Apple Podcasts and share your experience over there, I'd be really grateful. So what's happening elsewhere in the Open Heart Rebellion? Well, we currently have applications open for Energy Alchemy, our signature six-week group program for women on the verge of a breakthrough. You may be in one of those moments where you feel like life is good. You know, you don't need fixing, you don't feel broken, you just desire more. Maybe you have a dream that you want to pursue or a new business idea or the courage to go after that soul-illuminating relationship that you've always dreamed of. Maybe it's a total life change. Energy alchemy is a a process of guiding you from overwhelm and stress of trying to make these decisions and being in this, on this verge or the cusp of something really life-changing. And we move into grounding, stability, 
and unshakable trust in yourself, your path and your vision for your life. This is really about building confidence in yourself, having the courage to take action, to be bold, to be brave, to be rebellious in whatever way that means for you. So if you find yourself on the verge of a breakthrough or just desiring some support in a supportive container, which is about expansion, growth and personal power, feel free to reach out to the team. We love to chat to you and to explore aligned options of working together. So before we dive in, let's just take a moment to settle into the body to breathe. So just close down your eyes if you're not driving. Take a deep breath in through your nose. Let it out through your mouth. Feel that moment, that wash of peace. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being part of the Open Heart Rebellion. Let's dive in. So Laura, welcome to the Open Heart Rebellion. What a joy to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to start my day here with you. (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited to dive in and explore more and get to know you more. So why the way I like to start these episodes is just for everybody listening, for you, if you're happy to just give a bit of your background, um, where you came to to be where you are today. Yeah. So my name is Laura Patricia Martin. I am the founder of Healing the Happy, which first had its run at an IBS anxiety. You know, it was really successful. I lived in Asia for a long time, six years, spoke on stages, did the whole speaking at hospitals, ran the programs, did the things, but yet my soul was like, that's not it. Like this isn't, this isn't it. And, you know, as mentors, as coaches, we go on this journey of like, what is it then? You know, like, what's this whole thing? Who am I? Like, you know, our prefrontal cortex gets built. And after 25, we're like, okay, so how do I burn this all down and figure out who I actually am at my core? And so that's what that journey led me to trauma. Cause I have had a lot of like big T trauma, like lost my mom to addiction, had sexual assaults, domestic violence. I had addictions. I had like all these things kind of compiled up. Um, so I found my way to trauma. And so I was doing IBS anxiety and trauma for a bit. And it was like, okay, like this is perfect. And I got to this thing where it was like, I don't want to talk about labs anymore. I don't want to look at labs anymore. Like, I don't care about medical journals. Like they're really interesting, but they really do not, you know, light my socks off. Um, And I found my way into this trauma informed business arena because I feel like we're now in that, right? Like we want these deep soul connections with people. We don't want to be sold to. We want to be spoken to. We want like this connection with people we're aligning with. And it kind of is just birthed from there. Like I currently am going through an unexpected breakup. And when you go through that, you're just like, let's just burn this all down. Like, let's just do what the soul has been wanting to do and not keep our protective layers. Like we've been doing because we get scared to rock the boat sometimes. And that was definitely me. And finally, like this happened. And because I already had that itch inside my heart, I was like, screw it. Let's do it. Let's walk in duality. Let's lead with fear. Let's, let's put one foot in front of the other. And like, before even jumping on this with you, like just talking with you before this, I was like, we're launching duality. Like we're in this space. Like it feels so good. It feels so expansive. So, I mean, you guys are at the forefront of that kind of pivot happening right now. And I'm just, I'm excited to share within that and kind of expand on what's been lighting lighting that journey ablaze. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I'm so happy to be 
one of the lucky few to be experiencing and witnessing this transformation. It's such an exciting place and I can see it in you. Um, first question from what you just said from your explanation is, are you able to explain the difference between little T and big T trauma for us? Yes. yes. So when we think of trauma, right, we think of the things I mentioned, loss, divorce, addictions, abuse, things like that. Um, but there is all this new science coming out, especially with what's recently happening, you know, with the pandemic and everything where it's these micro traumas. So like a breakup, like a pandemic, like, I don't know, someone cutting you off in traffic or your mom telling you, you can't have a toy at the age of seven. And that compounded over time about your value and your worth and your belief system about yourself. And an illness can be a micro trauma that we didn't put in and a macro trauma, but depending on like what it is, how your body stores it. Cause at the end of the day, trauma we think of it as just this event, but trauma is actually what your body stores and how your body responds to that and gets stuck in this loop. So who's to say these micro, and what we're finding now is these micro traumas added up over time lead to the same effect as a macro trauma. So if you have consistent like sickness or you have consistent heartbreaks and like breakups and you have consistent like work things happening, like the confusion and stuff, like that can actually compound in your body to lead to the same effect as, you know, losing someone, as going through divorce, as having these big events. And so that's what science is now leading into and realizing like, oh, like everyone's just kind of saying like, oh, we live in such a sensitive world nowadays, but it's just like, or are we just becoming more emotionally intelligent and more like honoring the emotions that we're feeling and seeing the repercussions and the effects of that? Mm, so interesting because you know you hear the phrase like it's all relative and we never know what anyone else is going through and that sort of hasn't been that understood has it and it's there's not like a high I guess it's like a hierarchy of trauma but there isn't at the same time because everybody experiences it in their own unique way right yo like that is one of the things that's so disheartening because like people will want like when they hear my story right like it's a lot and I get that but then it's also this like I don't want to even say my story sometimes because it's like then people feel like their feelings aren't valid about certain things. And it's like, no, like whatever it be. Like, I remember specifically one time I was sharing a story about um, my like ex-ex partner who domestic violence, addictions, things like that. And what set me on my way of being the person I am now. And I was sharing the story with her and she compared it to a story of her in middle school and these girls not liking her. And I remember initially my response was like, what? that isn't even in comparison. And now I always think back to that moment because that's exactly what I teach now. And I'm like, Laura, I forgive you, but come on girl. Like, because people do that because we compare our traumas being like, oh, that's not as bad as me or no one will ever understand me because of this and that. And the other thing that's like, no, people can understand your feeling. They might not have had the same experience, but they can understand that feeling because that's how trauma is, right? Like based on where your nervous system is at, based on how you feel things in your body, that's the spectrum of how it's felt. Mm, And do you think that that's partly why people don't, I mean, this understanding of little and big T, people don't necessarily seek help because we don't see it as worthy or it's not as extreme. If I haven't experienced some of the the things that you've experienced, for example, I'm not necessarily going to seek help because I had a boss that was slightly abusive or bullying me. And then that has kind of played out throughout my life, which is something I experienced, which I've worked through because I saw it playing out in so many different areas of my life. But do you think that's where kind of there's the new information is really supporting people in actually saying, well, you know, it doesn't have to have been this hugely dramatic, traumatic, in inverted commas, capital T trauma event. 
we can still seek help for for just the day-to-day workings of being human because that is stressful enough right oh 100 like every time I just I heard a phrase in um one of manifestation babes Kristen's programs where she was like where well, I actually have it written down somewhere so I'm gonna ver- mess it up but it's like we're all running around and like everyone is just a triggered seven-year-old like that's actually just this adult world and that's all that's happening because that's is what it is right like we all have triggers we all have these things but I remember even when I moved into trauma my partner at the time was like you know why don't you use words like state of arousal or things like that because a lot of people don't identify with the word trauma and I was like that's the freaking point like that is literally the point that people don't want to claim it because we give it this bad oh that means I'm broken connotation or that means something's wrong and it's like or it means you're growing or it means you're taking responsibility so you don't live within the constructs of your self-defense mechanisms that you've built up over time so you actually get to like I said after 25 in our prefrontal cortex like that's when we get to go after our ego all the stories and the narratives and the self-protection that we built up like when we align with that it doesn't have to mean a negative thing it just means you're taking responsibility so we don't act out so we don't do these self-sabotaging you know creating and reliving the narrative over and over again it's taking ownership of how we show up Mm, and you know that victim mentality is like it's something maybe we did something wrong what did we do to deserve this and actually I love in the Gabo Mate the wisdom of trauma when he said it's not it's not about that it's what happened to you and just asking that question is so expansive because there's no blame how can there be we're just humans doing what we do and we're learning as we go along and we're evolving right exactly and then I mean what Oprah has that book of like what happened to you and like they explain the whole body and the brain especially in child development because we're all just you know, acting like my favorite phrase of something that I say in pretty much all of my programs is like, instead of self-sabotage, like what society calls self-sabotage, science calls self-protection. Like that's all you're doing at the end of the day. You're just, your body has built up these mechanisms to protect itself. And instead of sitting here playing the victim, which, yo, no one's, if you've been through like things in your life, like, right. For like the stories I've been through, no one would blame me if I was bitter and angry. They'd be like, of course you are. Of course, like that means no one would blame you for the things that you've been through. But at the end of the day, it's like you can choose that or you can choose to take responsibility and responsibility and fault is where we lie. Because if we take responsibility, we often compare that with fault. Like, oh, like I put myself in this situation. So I did this and I did that. Blah, blah, blah. We get lost in that narrative where it's really. No, like I'm, you're not at fault for anything you did, but you are responsible for how you respond to what happened, you know? Mm, that's so interesting because as someone who has experienced these traumas you know for you I would love to hear is there a point where you just said you know I'm going to take responsibility for how I move forward like where did that line come for you and there are multiples so at 24 I specifically remember this moment where I was with that partner that was domestically violent drugs drinking hardly ever sleeping I had chronic health issues. I had an eating disorder. I was 40 pounds underweight. I hadn't had a cycle at that point in three years. It took me six and a half to get it back. Like my body was begging me to stop. And I was like, I don't know how, you know, I don't know how, but we had just had a physical altercation. I was sitting on the balcony, trigger warning for anyone contemplating, taking my life at the lowest point you could like be at, right. Like not seeing any forward thinking, whatever. Um, and I remember sitting on that balcony I could like go back to that moment being like, okay, you have two options, right? Like 
you either go one route, which has a shorter expiration date than you would choose in life, or you get your butt off this ground and you go get the help you need. And like in those moments, it's like, I realize I'm like, I don't want to die. I just cannot keep living this way. Like I've been living this way for 20 plus years. I'm like, okay. So I got my butt off the floor, got into, told my friend the next day. I mean, everyone knew what was going on, but in those moments, like you don't know how to talk to someone about it. Like I was living in Asia at the time. I hadn't known these people for that long. They were just like witnessing this implosion happening inside my body. Um, And she suggested, her name was Emma. She's still one of my very best friends to this day. Um, She suggested, she's like, well, you know, you have a really messed up relationship with food. Why don't you go learn about it? I was like, okay. And so that got me into nutrition and the way that I learned how to nourish myself, I started to respect myself a little bit more. So I stopped doing drugs. And then I got myself into Al-Anon, which is a 12 step support group for children and partners of um, addicts. So I went into that, which yeah, took me three tries to get through that door. Like it was so, it was one of those humbling experiences to just be like, why am I so addicted to people? Like, what is this codependency thing? Like that whole narrative, like, so I get anyone that is scared of doing that because it is terrifying. Um, but also the most rewarding thing I've ever done for my life. And so that was another one. And then, um, as the narrative kept going, like I got into gut health because, my IBS and all my health issues. And then I became orthorexic where I became like obsessed with food and getting it perfect and, you know, looking a certain way and having the certain workouts and doing these kind of things because I had not dealt with my trauma. Right. I just put it somewhere else. So because I felt like I was so out of control in that previous chapter of my life, I wanted to be insanely in control. So I started my first, it was still healing to happy, but I call it the 1.0 version. And I was so dedicated to my work. I worked like 16 hour days. I was very successful in that first run of it. I was hardly sleeping, hardly eating, like all these kind of things happening. And it got to the point that I had a very successful launch. And I remember specifically, I was sitting at this coffee shop in Bangkok called the commons and I was sitting at the top and I hit my numbers and I closed my laptop and I was like, can I swear on this podcast? Yes, you can. (laughs) And I was like, fuck. And I was like, that feeling of unworthiness of not belonging of all the things I thought would come when I had the money, when I left the relationship, when I got healthy, I thought I would be good. And I wasn't. And so that's when I found my way into trauma, understanding the nervous system, understanding, you know, neuroinflammation, understanding polyvagal theory. Like I'm a very science person. Like I need to understand why my body is doing what it does so I can understand why I'm doing what I do. Um, got into like high level mentorship, life coaching, got into like naturopaths and therapy, enrolled into school so I could learn about trauma, like the whole shebang, because I was like, okay, what I'm doing isn't working. You know, like what I'm doing is just another trauma response. You know, like I'm trying to have the success to prove to myself, to prove to my family, to prove to like all these people. And it wasn't actually like feeling good, you know? And so it's all these evolutions and I'm sure I'm going to have a plethora more in my life. You know, that's the whole journey of this being a mentor kind of thing. It it never really stops. Um, but those are the pivotal ones. And then I remember like coming back to the States where it was just like, okay, like I'm ready now to be home. Like I hadn't been home in six years. It was like, okay, I'm ready to heal that wound now. And I'm ready to pivot my business, even though I dragged my feet on it for a year. Cause I was like, "Ah, I can't let it go. I don't know. My sense of belonging is tied to this gut health thing. And it's so scary. And it's like, that's another trauma response. That's the ego. Like, how do we work with that? And kind of just this evolution, seeing what feels crunchy and, you know, regulating so that it does 
land and feel good. And yeah, I mean, there's so, there's so many, but I would say like the one when I was 24, the one again, when I was like 27 and decided to come back to the States and that moment when I was like 26 sitting at the coffee shop or like the three big ones that I could think of. (laughs) Mm, These big turning points. Mm -hmm. So without having to go to those extremes, how can people, how can we notice when we're in a trauma response? If it's something that for people that are listening, if it's totally new, they've never not dived into this work in any way. What are some things that happen when our nervous system isn't regulated or when we're in that, in that state of response before getting to the very. Yeah. So, so a good question to ask yourself is what is that thing that you're trying to get rid of that habit that you're like, I hate that I overeat when I'm, when I'm this way, or I hate that, like, I should be doing something and I'm binging Netflix or like, I hate that I yell at my partner for absolutely no reason. And then 10 minutes later, after I'm done yelling, I feel like rubbish. Like what is what's going on? You know, what is that drinking drugs, you know, over exercise? We, we all have that one thing that we don't want to tell anyone about, but we know in our head, it's not the right thing. And it could even be something healthy. Like mine was working out, but it was overworking out and I knew it and I couldn't stop. Um, but looking at what that is and then being like, okay, so can I work? And this will take like, these are the programs that I teach, right? Like this will take practice of being like, okay, so I know that I know the action. I know the thing I'm becoming aware of the thing that's, I want to change. What is that feeling in my body that I'm feeling before that? Right. So a big one for women that I work with is eating, right? Like binge eating at night. And so it's like, okay, so what's happening there. Okay. What's that feeling in your body? If you could identify, if you, maybe you can't even give it a name. Where do you feel it? Sometimes it's in like your sacral, kind of your heart area, or it's like in your stomach. You're like, Oh, I don't really know what it is. And if you could pinpoint it, what, what feeling would you give it? And it's like, loneliness is often the one at nighttime because we get lonely. Then we actually are too stressed. We don't have these things. So we're reaching for some type of escape mechanism. And so it's just kind of journaling is a really good practice, right? Just like sit there. And before you have the reaction to something, what are you feeling? Grab your journal, write something out. Like I use the note section on my phone. Like it is my Bible. Like it is, I'm in there being like, okay, so what is this? Like, what's this feeling? And when you become more aware of the sensations in your body of what it feels like, like what I walk my clients through inside of like sacred singlehood, I walk them through the three phases. Cause it's ventral is like your safety zone. It's like your happy place. You love to be like, where would you feel that in your body? How does it feel when you take yourself there? Like walking through that whole practice. Then we go into the sympathetic, which I call it my spicy little Latina self. Like it is this like, like this little, like she's witty, she's fast, she's quick, she's angry. She does all these things. Like it's that fire, you know? And then it's your dorsal phase, which is the one below that, which is like, blue and Eeyore and he's sad and he wants to be isolated. And you're like, Oh, you know, like these are the three phases that our ventral or our nervous system plays with in between. So when you can play with that and bring yourself into these three phases, you can go out and see where your responses are getting stuck, right? Like the way we're responding to things is because we're not identifying the feeling before the action. It takes so, I still have mine, you know, like I still get lost and I can like feel myself getting better about something. And then I'm like, okay, need to like realign, need to do something to re-get back into balance. But I would just say starting there is like, what's that one thing you're trying to change that keeps coming up for you? And you're like, 
why do I keep dating these people? Why do I keep doing this? Why do I keep canceling this? Why do I keep whatever it is? And then try and notice what that feeling is before that action happens in your life, whatever that is. Mm, that's so interesting because I recently got married and since the wedding I've been waking up with this like really bad anxiety and I haven't had anxiety for years and just before I get out of bed because my immediate reaction is to go and fix it or change it I'm like okay what is this why is this here like firstly I'm exhausted secondly I know that it's this like should right it's the uncertainty for me it's like I'm trying to fix the uncertain because I don't know what's going to happen while I'm resting I'm not working I'm not doing the things that make me feel productive Mm -hmm. which then plays into my anxiety so how do we regulate that so when we're in that moment and I've realized that I'm feeling anxious I mean I have my practices that are working but I would love to hear any more that you have for me anyway you know, so I'm in that state, I'm feeling anxious, I'm ready to go and act out of my should because I need to meet my need for certainty. What can I do then? Like, how can I really regulate? That sacred pause, baby. Like before you respond, pause for a second. And I'm going to catch it all the time, but regulate your body. Take four deep belly breaths. So you can tap into your parasympathetic nervous system. Like I, so The problem with anxiety, depression, like bouncing between dorsal and ventral vagus systems, your prefrontal cortex, your critical thinking brain shuts down. Like there's a reason, you know, you're acting crazy with your partner and you're saying things you shouldn't be saying and you can't stop. Like, you, you know what I'm talking about. You're like, why am I doing this? Like, (laughs) I know this is not my highest self, but I can't stop because critical thinking is out the brain. So my tip, notice when you're in your ventral right? Like when you're on a walk or you're in the bathtub or whatever you're doing, laying in bed and you're like, wow, this is really relaxing. I have a notepad in my phone. Like I said, it's my Bible. And it says Laura's dopamine toolkit. And there's a bunch of things in there that make me calm and relax because I need someone to tell me to, because otherwise I'm going to continue to act these things. So if you feel yourself getting into a state, like I could tell you, you know, deep breathing, I could tell you go on a nature walk. I could tell you to take a cold shower. I could tell you to sniff some eucalyptus. I don't know, like all these different things, but it's like, that may not calm you down because this isn't what calmed me down five months ago. Like this is an ever evolving state um, based on where my nervous system is at, based on where your nervous system is at. If you're someone that was like me stuck in the sympathetic, calming down and doing things like yoga and breathing is going to set you off like no one else. Like your body, your nervous system isn't there yet. It's actually going to put you in a more of a triggered state, you know? So it's this evolution you have to work on. Or if you're stuck in dorsal and you go, you're like, let me go for a run. Your body's going to be like, what? Like even more chaotic and all these kind of things. So it's really understanding where you're at right now and creating this list and know that it's forever changing. Does that make more sense? Like, I know it's a big tangent, but it's like, I can't give you one answer because every person's nervous system is so vastly different. And it's taking responsibility for where you're at, creating a checklist and then doing that for yourself. Like no one else can get you into a regulated state except for you, you know? I love that. And that does, that answers my question exactly. And then some, because we are also different, right? And, you know, you and I, I coach people on anxiety, but I'm not immune from experiencing it. And to hear you as a trauma specialist, you still have your checklists, you know? Mm-hmm. So this is really normalizing that humans experience these. And it's not like a black and white, I'm going to experience anxiety for 20 years, and it's suddenly going to go and I'm never going to experience it. Because that used to really set me off. I'd, I'd feel anxious for feeling anxious. Whereas now I'm like, okay, I'm going to meditate. I'm going to practice yoga. I'm going to do the things that make me feel good. I'm going to drink lavender tea and eat dark chocolate. 
those are my dopamine mm-hmm. hits. I am actually going to make that list on my phone because I think that's so beautiful just to keep reminding ourselves that it's ever evolving. And that in itself mitigates so much of the pressure to be perfect and healed because we're always evolving. I love that. Thank you, Laura. Of course, of course. It is one of those things like you brought up a good point because it is that imposter syndrome. Like I should have this figured. I remember so in this pivot, right? I'm currently launching like sacred singlehood. Like that's the program we're running right now in the midst of me in a breakup. And I was, and we planned to launch this back in January when I thought I was getting engaged and moving in and doing this whole thing. And then this whole thing happened. And I was like, they're going to know I'm a fraud, like this whole thing. But really it's looking at it. And it's like, no, like these are the practices. Like these are the things to show you're human. Cause even when this is your specialty, even though like, these are the things you study and do you're still a human. And that doesn't mean that life isn't going to happen. It doesn't mean you're never going to go through a breakup just because you found sacredness and singleness. Like it doesn't, and it doesn't mean you're going to be single forever either. It's just like, how can we make this human experience more aligned and give ourselves permission to live within that, you know, to treat yourself like you're your younger sister to be like, oh yeah, like it's okay. Like it's harder today. That's fantastic. Like, what is this teaching you? Where do you want to go from this? What do you need today to nourish yourself? And can you, can you honor that? You know, can you start to build this self-trust? Like you're your best friend that you're ever going to freaking have and know that like the human experience is going to happen forever. Like you're never going to get quote unquote there. Like that does not exist. It's about how you treat yourself on the evolution to getting to that next chapter. But it's still, you know, something one of my mentors says is like, it's a mountain without a peak. Like, that's how that is. You're continually walking up and you're still walking up, but that doesn't mean it's not a struggle to get there, you know, or I don't like struggle, but it's not like it's, you know, a hard thing to do. You don't necessarily have to struggle, but it is, it's continuous, you know, Mm, the ever evolving journey of being a human, right? We we don't understand Mm -hmm. it. We just (laughs) love ourselves through it. And so much of what you were just saying was really relevant. I love this new pivot that you're moving into because when I first started my business, I fell into this way of doing business that really didn't serve me. And I had a really bad nervous system response to it. It was very much around pain points and Mm -hmm. speaking to people's pain and selling people that they're broken. And, you know, I've done a complete flip away from that, but I, in that I had to do a lot of healing for my own nervous system because even talking openly about the work that I do, it was triggering. So I would love to dive into more around how trauma affects us in business and your new evolution and where this is, where this is heading. Yeah. I mean, same. That's all it is, is you sit there and you tell people they have, like, I was literally sitting in a coffee shop the other day and I messaged inside of the expand group. I'm like, I'm sitting here and I'm listening to this man in pharmaceuticals, sell this other man on pharmaceuticals. And he's talking about you got to create the problem so you can come in and fix it. And I like, am sitting there cringing in my soul being like, this is the problem. Like you are literally the problem, but that's marketing. Right. And that is so unaware of people's trauma, like unaware of like, oh, you, and like that's attracts the types of clients too. You know, like that's what was bugging me about gut health because I'm sitting here talking about a problem. I'm sitting here like, yes, this is on the other side of it, but at the same time, we're taught not to brag about where we're at in our life. Not even that it's bragging. It's just being like, I don't have any gut issues. People are like, fantastic. Why are you teaching gut health? And I'm like, because I fixed it. That's the point. Like, I don't understand, but 
we sit and we're selling these pain points, hoping we're going to get these bold and brave conversations and one-on-ones and the best kind of clients that lead themselves. But you're not marketing to those type of people. You're marketing to people that succumb to their pain and come in with that, like, and excuse me for how I phrase this, but it's just what's coming fresh. It's like this baby bird mentality where it's like, you come in and you fix me. Like you do this, you do it for me, you do this. And it's like the energy that takes to lead. And that's fine. Like I was that way for like the first two years of my business. I was like, give me a done for you model. Show me how to do this, do this, do little, like that kind of thing. And I know we all have that chapter, but then there comes a point where it's like, I want to be a mentor, not a coach, you know? And the coach is here's my step-by-step game plan. Here's this, here's that, here's copy, paste, do the thing. A mentor is like, walk beside me. Let's do this life thing together. Let's make this evolution. Let's do this thing. Let's inspire people, expand people, you know? And at the end of the day, we learn how people react to be a safe place for people to land because co-regulation is how we learn how to self-regulate. You know, we learned how to self-regulate through our caretakers, right? Like we cried, caretaker held us. That's how we learned eventually to calm ourselves down when we cried in our cradle. And then we got to learn and evolve from there. That's what your marketing is. You are co-regulating with other people. You want to regulate their nervous system so so they enter in and feel like they landed into a safe space and they can feel this expansion. And of course, it feels stretchy because their nervous system, you know, is at the edges there, but it doesn't feel stressful. It doesn't feel like, oh my God, I need this. I'm going to die without it kind of vibes. And like, you can like play around with this. Like, so living in Asia, obviously I didn't want, I don't watch TV anyways. Like it's just, I was raised on one hour of technology and I chose the Sims growing up. Like TV was just never interesting to me, but like now when I go to the nail salon to get my nails done and they have all their TVs playing in like the advertising, I'm like, oh my God, I need to like cleanse my soul after walking. Like people watch this all day long, like, and like understanding the brain, right? Like the amygdala, the amygdala is just like zoomed in to drama. Like that is what it thrives on. That is what we thrive on. Like, and that's where we get our responses and our nervous system and things like that. So if you want I don't know. It's just looking at like what kind of conversations you want to have every day, right? And what kind of things entice you in your social media and your marketing and the things like that. And what kind of mentor do you want to be? What kind of coach do you want to be? Do you want to be a safe place for people to land? Or is it like this kind of vibe like Tony Robbins? Like there's two different spectrums, but it really is just kind of looking at what are the type of people you want to call into your life and really start to evolve your marketing around that. into this and this is just (laughs) there's so much of this right everybody is selling to pain and telling people we don't want to tell why would you want to work with somebody that tells you you're broken and then you have to put them back and help them find their power again to then get them to where they want to be it's just so far removed from actually what the essence of the work is in the first place which is I mean for me with the open heart rebellion it's igniting people's genius right supporting people who have like an idea that are maybe a little bit of a a bit afraid and if I sit here and I'm like you're broken you're afraid why are you not taking action what's wrong with you well I'm never going to do anything exactly so that fear and the way that that affects the nervous system I mean how do we how do you manage the duality holding the fear navigating uncertainty how do we play in this in the quantum in the uncertain, the great uncertain field that we love so much, but great terrifies answer. us all. This is literally the master class I have coming. It's called duality leading with a healing heart. Cause it's like, 
it's living in the duality. It's, it's having, we're always going to have fear. Like your clients, your people, you're marketing to you yourself are always going to have fear, but can you have 1% more belief? You know, this whole, like, I can't have a negative thought in my life. Otherwise it won't come true. It's like, then you're beating yourself up for having a negative thought. Like we were just talking about with the anxiety and the trauma stuff. It's like, no, then you're just compounding that into your nervous system. And it doesn't actually get fully expressed. It's like, can you allow yourself to understand like duality exists in life? You can have a broken heart that is healing and still lead. You can have, you know, all these kind of things still going on in the back of your burner and still lead. And that's the same thing with the way you speak to people. Like, even when I was picking duality, right? Like I put it into our mastermind chat being like, do I put leading with a broken heart or leading with a healing heart? And then I was like, wait, I already know the answer to that. Like healing heart, because you're, you're healing, you're on your way. It's like when you're the nerd, like manifestation, subconscious, all that kind of programming and everything does not listen to the negative, right? So if you're saying like you're picturing quantum wealth, right? Like limitless wealth in this field, but you're like, I just don't want to have debt okay, here's debt for you. Like, that's all we're thinking of. That's all we're, we don't understand the negatives. Like our nervous system doesn't get that. So it's this ongoing thing of how do we put this into the future? How do we make it feel like it's going? So like my manifestations are the things that call my nervous system in my marketing, in my own belief systems, in the way that I work with my clients, it's ongoing. So it's like, I'm on my way to creating limitless wealth. I'm on my way. Or I phrase it in a question, like, can we be free right now? can we feel free right now? Like, is that something we can do? And really picking those words instead of like, are you stuck in your miserable life right now? It's like, oh my God, even saying that makes me crunch where it's like, what does it feel like to be, what would it feel like to be free in your life right now? How would that feel to you? What's on the other side of that fear? Like just phrases like that creates this potentiality where it's like, oh, yeah, that feels good to my nervous system. That opens my heart up. That makes me feel like I want to lean in and keep scrolling and keep, keep tapping and have these conversations. Like it's the same way you speak to your friends. Would you come to the table with that conversation to your friends and be like, wow, that fear of yours, it's so heavy, huh? Like <laughs> you would never do that. You would sit down with your friend and you'd be like, babe, how are you? You know what's here. I'm here to hold space for you. And this is what's on the other side. And you're so powerful. You're beautiful. You're amazing. Da, 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 da. Like you know, it's, it's the same way in your business, treat it as your best friend, treat it as this thing that you love. And that the people entering that container are like, give me the champagne. Let me see what this person's selling. Like, it feels so good to be here. It feels so high class. Like it's just in the way of like, when you enter it, do you feel expanded? Do you feel like you want to continue shopping in this circle? Do you feel like the language they're using brings out the power in you? You know, one of my mentor again, she talks about like, stop talking to your clients like they're turkeys. Like stop talking to like the people in your social media, like they're turkeys, like step by step by step by step. It's like, they are smart human beings to speak to their power, like speak to the people you want to be having conversations with. If you do want to start with, you know, the beginning level people that are new to self-development, new to this thing, then, okay, it's a little different of a language, but it's like, what do you actually want to be doing? How do you want those conversations to go? And can you speak to their power? Can you believe in people and their power and start to evolve from there? And that's what changes this industry. Like that's what brings this higher level conversation to the table, which is what expands all of us, which makes us better mentors, which gives other people the potentiality of seeing their power, which then, you know, influences their friends and their families and their kids and how we bring people up. It's just like, it's this compound effect that starts to unravel itself. 
and all the time with the sense of safety that you can you're not being on the you're not at the edge of your life it's not survival right that everything we're doing isn't life or death exactly. that makes such a big difference doesn't it amazing ah oh, laura it's so expansive so one more question for you which is a question i ask everybody what does living with an open heart mean to you i feel like living with an open heart is like trusting that like wild woman in you right like being able to go after what you want and knowing it may not work out but like you're still moving one percent better and you're playing and you're trusting and you're giggling like a little kid and you're expressing yourself in all the ways you desire to be expressed and like Tony Robbins talks about this a lot where it's like the six human needs and things like that and he talks about when the human need of love and connection comes into play where it's like, we have had love in our life, but at some point we've had a broken heart. So we settle for the crumbs of connection. And I feel like living with your open heart is loving with your open heart and trusting that everything else is just an extension of who you are. So when you have this baseline, like open heart, wild woman, love within yourself, like it becomes this, like everything else is just an extension. So you get to go after, you get to love it, you get to experience it. And yes, that also means holding the duality that it may not work and it may hurt your heart a little bit, but you're still grounded in the foundation of your heart's still wide open. You're still okay. Like it's this, I don't know, journey and evolution of a lifetime, I feel like. Mm, and I can see so much of that in you. The openness is so beautiful and so refreshing. Thank you. Um, so where can people find you? I know you are doing some really cool things you have things coming up I know you talked about your masterclass so hit us with it where can we come and dive into more of this work with you yes so like every other classic person over on Instagram um my personal Instagram is at it's Laura Patricia Martin so ITS Laura Patricia Martin and then our company one is healing to happy and then I also have a podcast which I would love to interview I am interviewing on um healing to happy which is our podcast so come hang out you will loudly hearing hear me singing from the rooftops and you'll probably get a voice note from me going hi for every new person that comes into our little world um but it's a very open open platform where we like to be friends with our people on the social media so come hang out yeah go be friends with laura she'll change your life laura thank you so much this has been such a dreamy way to spend an afternoon talking about expansion and nourishing my nervous system i'm gonna go and drink some more lavender tea <laughs> um thank you so much and it's been such a joy to have you on the open heart rebellion thank you well so there was our deep dive into trauma and i hope you received some nuggets of wisdom from that conversation i know i definitely did and one of the main things that i'm taking away from this episode is to embrace the triggered seven-year-old within all of us i love that idea of moving back into being able to self-soothe and to parent ourselves with the little child within and that really, for me, highlights a level of compassion that we can experience for ourselves and also for other people. Because often we get triggered by the people around us, especially the people closest to us. And actually in that moment, if we can remember that there's also a triggered seven-year-old within them, we can really come to a place of opening the heart, of finding compassion and moving with love when we see people acting in a way that maybe triggers us or doesn't align with our values or the way that we would move through a situation. So that for me is a big shift in opening the heart is actually always coming back to compassion. And I love the way that Laura explained for her 
to living with an open heart means to love with an open heart. And ultimately, I think that's really what's at the, the basis of this open heart rebellion is how can we love more? How can we learn to love ourselves so that we can then give that to the people around us and then ultimately make the, our corner of the world a better place? So I hope this episode was expansive for you. If you want to share a screenshot, I love to see what landed, you're hearing your takeaways, any value add that you want to make, let me know. I love to share this and thank you for being part of this amazing, growing community. I'm Jessie Galvin and this is the Open Heart Rebellion.